It's Friday, and I'm recording a podcast. This is so exciting for me, someone who has been, for the better part of the year, struggling to figure out how I'm going to make this happen. And now it's happening, baby. Now we're just doing it. It, it, Content creation is not for the week. I'll tell you what. Welcome to the Sick Palette Podcast. I'm your host, Deepa Shreedar. Let's get into it. We talk three things every week on the SP Podcast. So I just want to get into, run into thing number one. And I feel like thing number one has slowly but surely started to be essentially a thing that I either make or made or or created or something that I really, really, really love to eat or sort of, you know, spotlight a place. And and that's what we're doing. We're we're gonna be spotlighting a very I it's an old favorite, a classic. This is not one of those Austin places that like you're going to be like, oh, wow, I didn't know about this hidden gem. You know about this gem. But I'm going to talk about the hidden features of said gem. And I want to talk about, and this has a little to do with weather, all right? Classic SP heads. I haven't forgotten. I'm the number one meteorologist in this city. And I promise you, I'm always thinking about the weather. Some people say too much. And I say, absolutely not. When you're a professional meteorologist like I am, you're just constantly thinking about weather. You're just constantly having inner monologues about the weather. Now, do I, do I know the science behind it? Absolutely not. But that's what makes me number one, right? You want someone who is guessing weather by their intuitiveness, right? Intuition. And that's what I give you. I give you no facts, all feels. Weather by Deepa Shreeder. And the place we want to talk about today... (laughs) A little pizza joint on South Congress, S S Congress, to to all the locals here. Don't call it S Congress. No one calls it that. Just you can even just call it Congress, actually. Um, home slice. So I went a few days ago, maybe a couple days ago. I don't know. The days are long and short at the same time. That sounded like I was writing someone in 1864 and I was in something called the Civil War. That's just a weird phrasing of a sentence. Um, home slice. So I went with my friend, Alex, and he just, you know, texts me and says, hey, I want to go to home slice. It's one of those places when you live in Austin even though in your head you're like, oh, home slice is so good. It's so delicious. It really is. It's consistently amazing for many reasons. But it always 
takes me by surprise. When someone is like, hey, let's go to home size. I'm, it's a resounding yes, by the way. It's always a resounding absolutely. Take me there now. Um, but it's, it's never on the forefront, if that makes sense. It's like one of those places, like if in your own hometown, when you think about a place that you're like, God, that's good. I haven't been there in years. This is, this is the same vibe. So I get to home slice with Alex and we go, we go sit at the restaurant. You can sit, you can order, you can order takeout from the little window off of South Congress, or you can go inside. And we did. And I love it because we went on a really like rainy day, which has been happening all week here in Austin. And it was perfect. I was like, man, I've unlocked another way to deal with this thing called fall. That's just sort of ruining my day constantly, right? Every time I look out the window and I just see the overcast or people smiling that it's like in its 70s, like goons, I think to myself, this is horrible. But then I remembered an oath I made on this podcast that I am going to try and lean into fall, okay? And one of those ways to do it is go somewhere where it matches the darkness outside. Home Slice is completely like, it looks like, it looks like a diner kind of in a way, but dimly lit, soft lighting, which by the way, in the second, in the second thing that we're discussing today, it's, it's really going to fit in, I think. Okay. Um, that soft lighting, it's going to come back. We're going to come back, circle back on it. One of the things about home slice, yes, any pizza you get, it's probably going to be really good, but there is one order of pizza I've gotten for years, ever since I came to Austin and moved here and discovered home slice. This has been my order. And I promise you, it's the best pizza order. It's the best pizza order you can make at home slice. And the reason why I know this is because every time I've ordered it for somebody else, it's amazing because they'll first look at me like, absolutely not it ranges from absolutely not to huh that wasn't what I was craving to which I say shut up and eat the best pizza slice of your life and then they do and then they realize that that is now their pizza order that's how good this is I have literally converted Chefs who have sworn by their home slice pizza order to my pizza order. It is my pizza order that dominates. Your favorite chef's order is trumped. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the order. I'm giving it to y'all. My, my, my fellow pizza enthusiasts that live in Austin, that want to visit Austin, this is what you're going to order. When you get to home slice, okay? Sounds simple. Don't, don't worry about the pepperoni. Don't worry about any of that. I got something for you, okay?
Okay, you guys ready? If I hype this enough, here's the order. You get either a medium or a large. You get a eggplant Parmesan pizza. Okay? You're going to get the eggplant Parmesan pizza. The reason why you're going to get that is because what they do is they make these little squares of eggplant. Mini, mini fried eggplant pieces of mini pieces of an eggplant Parmesan all over your pizza. It's so delicious. Don't just get that though. What you're going to do is you're going to ask for that eggplant, your pizza to get extra crispy. So say, hey, I want to get the eggplant Parmesan pizza. She's going to say, fine. And you just look at her and say, you're, I'm just using our server um, as the example, but you say, can we get that eggplant extra crispy? She's going to look at you a little crazy. But when she gives the order to the kitchen, they know exactly what it is. Because I'm sure they've had to deal with one fool, a.k.a. me, asking for it extra crispy. So they do. And it just immediately changes. It re, like... It just like re-ups that order in a special way. It's so crunchy and umami with that red sauce. Oh my God, I want it right now. And then you also ask for cherry peppers on the pizza. So that way it's like spicy with the cherry peppers baked in. You got that crispy, crispy eggplant Parmesan strips all over it. Mwah! Ask for ranch on the side. This is a pizza that was meant for ranch on the side. You know what I'm saying? It's like hot, crispy, spicy eggplant Parmesan pizza from Home Slice. Dip it in that ranch. God damn, I want that order right now. I shouldn't have started talking about it. I just had it a few days ago and I'm like, should I? Should I order myself a pizza? The answer is no. No, we do not have time today, but that's the order. That's the order. And every time you tell somebody else, it's like a very special thing because they're going to look at you crazy. Then they're going to have it. Then that's going to be their order. And then they're going to talk about it to someone else. And you can be like, you know what? I got this little gem from a little podcast from a weather podcast from the top meteorologist in Austin. She does not know any science, but she does know pizza order. The other thing to remember about Home Slice is they have a sick wine list. They really do. They've got an incredible wine list, and you would not really think about it there. You're like, you know, I... I want great pizza, but, you know, I'm probably going to be just getting, like, some beer or whatever. No, go to the wine list. Get you a glass of Lambrusco to start with. Get a nice bottle of red to go with your pizza. It's delicious. Here's another thing. When you do get a buy the glass from Home Slice, it's a generous pour, y'all. So let's say you're just going by yourself. I love I love just a little moment where I get to eat by myself sometimes. And, you know, there's no reason for me to order a, a whole bottle. It, it just get, get yourself a glass. 
Get yourself a glass and get it up to the tippy tippy top. That's what they're going to do for you. Home slice pizza, eggplant parmesan, extra crispy with the cherry peppers and a, and a glass, a, a glass of Lambrusco filled to the tippy top. It is like wine cherry Coke. So delicious. Anyways, that's what I had this week. And it was perfect for fall. Let's get on to thing, thing two. Okay. Thing two. Thing two is, is maybe a little bit of a two-parter. But it is... Um, I've been getting a lot more DMs via my Instagram about how how to basically like I, I'm getting DMs from friends. Let me be clear. It's um if if I apologize if you have sent me DMs and uh you know I I don't follow you or I, I don't know of you and you're in the hidden requests. Sometimes I I I land in my hidden requests and I'm like, oh my God, there's a lot of legit I mean there's some scary stuff in your hidden requests. And I I I make sure to not deep dive (laughs) but um sometimes I'll find some like really like nice things or cool things in in that folder once in a while and I I try to respond um to people who don't seem truly dangerous um but let me get back to my original point I've been getting a lot of Instagram DMs of like people genuinely asking like, oh, wow, uh, are your, is your, I mean, your follower account is, is growing quite rapidly, dot, 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 LOL, is it real? Here's the thing, it is. Um, and I thought about it and I, I, I think we need to get over the fact that social media is important. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to hear any more jokes. It's because it's also stupid and it's tired. I don't want to hear any more influencer jokes. It doesn't make any sense. Like, most most things in our capitalistic society isn't real. So I don't understand when people go after quote-unquote influencers it's like why why do you feel like they're not doing a valid job I will say especially these past few weeks in the news I will say I am thankful for a lot of the influencers I follow because I feel like I'm getting a lot more um I'm getting hipper to the news than I would say like I don't know the New York Times or um you know the New Yorker or things like that like where I want to know what's going on globally sometimes your fave influencer if you like their vibe they can also turn you on to some real real and that's real the other thing is the reason why they're called influencers is because they they help local businesses like myself, right? Like TTK. Every time we get a reel made 
from someone who has a following here in Austin, Texas, that's huge for us. That's amazing. And that really helps small businesses that are in your town. So why are we rolling our eyes still at social media? Because it's important. In this day and age, especially if you're in a creative field, you have to know how to work one part of social media. You know, like I'm still deeply scared of TikTok and it's just because I haven't put in the work, right? But it, it will only be a good thing for me to get on there and do it because that will turn into a bigger audience. And if you're in this creative game, you can say it all you want. I'm doing it for yourself. Fine, do it for yourself. Have a, have a blast, by the way. It means then you come from generational wealth or this is not your main job. Fine, fine, fine. Seriously. But it doesn't mean you have more integrity. Do you know what I'm saying? The, the name of the game, ever since, ever since Leonardo da Vinci, the name of the game is to get your eyes, as many eyes on the thing you're doing. That's it. And that's what social media helps you. So going back to that first question, how do you get so many followers? I'll tell you what it is. And it's a subject that I'm actually not very good at, and that's math, right? So I started to basically take a look at my insights, and I started to see, like, okay, what posts have the most engagement, and why do they have the most engagement, and how, and is this the audience I want to cultivate? And what I also realized is, your engagement, if it's real and if it's organic, whatever that audience is glued to, whether it be the picture, whether it be the caption, whether it be both, who, who knows what it is, right? They will be engaged in the thing that you're doing even if they come to your page for something else. Does that make sense? As long as you continue to post. I hope, I hope I'm making some sense here. I hope it's... I hope it's hitting for somebody here. And the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because for so long, there was like a couple years that I was just cooking every day, making food and just being like, man, why am I not able to grow a, like more than this? It was like a good enough following, especially for like just local whatever. But how do I, how do I get to the next level? And essentially, I just was told all the time, like, oh, you just have to buy followers, buy followers. And that was frustrating because I knew, I knew that wasn't quite it, right? You can buy followers if you want. If you have the money, buy followers. What I will say that is a better strategy is look this past month and your insights for Instagram or whatever. See what your posts that were the biggest hit, most likes, most engaged, right? Take a look at those and boost a couple of them. You're still going to have to spend a couple of dollars, but instead of spending whatever to get fake followers, just boost a couple posts and make them more visible to a bigger audience. And watch that change. 
I'm talking to creatives directly here. Okay, like if you're if you're a data analyst and this stuff doesn't matter to you, just like skip over to thing three. You know what I'm saying? But I, I'm talking to my fellow creatives here. That it that's it. It's that simple. Take a look what's going on on your social media. Take a look at the analytics. Also, then you'll get some insight. Oh, why why are people here? Why are people on your page? Why are they spending time with you? Take a look at that. Boost it. And then start creating more content. And then if if this is not the content you're interested in, use that to start having a bigger audience, a newer audience to the content you want to create. You can pivot. But it's getting more eyes on you in general while you're trying to put your stuff out. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's been, I think, um, and I've I've tried to message people back, the people that I that I know have been asking. So hopefully they've been reading that as well. But also if you haven't or you're wondering, or maybe you're stuck also in this sort of like limbo of like, God, I've got like 3,000 followers. How do I get to five? How do I get to whatever? This is, this is a good way to do it. The other part of that, though, is once you start to be in this game, you're going to get some wild comments. And most of the wild comments, I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, like it doesn't, it doesn't really hit. It's fine. I did get one comment though (laughs) that I thought to myself, I wonder if this is something I'm going to have to start addressing because everyone's brain is broken. So I thought I'd, I'd just try it out here. And here's, here was the comment. Here's also the problem. When you become a bigger online presence, people, people will start talking to you and people will say wild things to you because <laughs> they can, okay? That's the name of the game. So this one comment, I did a reel and I was talking about um, the Kachampuli vinegar that I was using in my October dinner series to flavor the jerk chicken or the jerk quail. We don't, we don't make jerk chicken. We make jerk quail. Um, and also for this Sunday's L ritual, um, we're putting in one of the marinades. So I just wanted to like do a reel about like why this vinegar is special, blah, 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 blah. I get a comment that was essentially like, how dare you call yourself a Texan? Um, because you're not native, (laughs) native to Texas. How are you a Texan? And basically like, oh, you're just an Asian living in Texas, which is not wrong. I, I am an Asian living in Texas. Um, but I think it was like, it was trying to be a little bit like gotcha, like, Ooh, look at you. You are not what you say you are, which I thought was insane because, Um, I have never claimed to be indigenous or native to Texas. I would never do that. That is, that is not my identity. And that is not something that was ever on the table. I make it very clear. I'm an immigrant. 
I'm an immigrant. Whoever needs to hear this to be to calm the frothing of thy mouth, hear this right now. Hear me roar. I am an immigrant, <laughs> meaning I am not native to nothing. Okay. <laughs> I am deeply unnative to anything. Okay. I, in fact, I'm so unnative. When I go back to India, they call me the American or. Um, I am not seen as quote unquote Indian, right? So even though I'm literally from there, born there, uh, I am not somebody that is known as an Indian like they are Indian. You will get that comment a lot when you go back to your own country and you start living in a new place. That is why one of the many reasons why immigrating is a very difficult and challenging endeavor, right? Because you are suddenly unknown to your own country. And when you come here, uh, there are many reasons people will give you on why you don't deserve to acclimate. And that's exactly what that is, right? So, because I've, I was born in India, then I essentially immigrated to the United States. I've lived all of my life in Garland, Texas. All right. Went to school in Sherman, Texas. And then moved to Austin, Texas. I've been living in Texas for the, like an inordinate majority of my life, okay? Like, really, I, I, I don't know what the definition is of what, what constitutes a Texan and what doesn't con constitute a Texan. But I'll tell you what. I've lived here almost my whole life. I came here as a child. Also, I, I immigrated and it wasn't, it wasn't up to me whether or not we were immigrating. So let's all cool our jets for a second. <laughs> okay? But that's what I mean. It's, it's when you get a wider audience. The thing is, people who don't know you or people who just have internet brain rot will jump at you and say, hey, tell me why you deserve to exist. And just, just be ready for that. Creatives, be solid in who you are. Put yourself out there. It's very scary because most of the time you're going to get a lot of positive comments. Once in a while, you're going to get a wild comment where maybe you'll be like me and you'll think to yourself, wait, do I deserve to be called a Texan? If, if I'm not a Texan, then what, what am I? <laughs> uh, immigration, famously easy. All right, let's go into thing three. Thing three is not a rant. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's like a, hey, I like this. <laughs> And it comes from a very surprising source because y'all know more than one time on this particular podcast, I can be, I can be a little um, hmm, skeptical about a lot of our 
our foremost food publications. Um, and I was really delighted to see a story like this. And not because I, I necessarily agreed with the story, right? Or agreed with the point of view of the uh, people that were profiled. But I thought it was really thoughtful and it really sort of opened my eyes a little bit and it caused a new wrinkle in the brain, which is always nice, right? We don't want wrinkles on the face, but in the brain, give me all the wrinkles. Give me all the wrinkles. <laughs> I don't know why I'm in this mood. I am though. Um, so Bon Appetit, uh, I, I was scrolling through my Instagram and I got to um, a Bon Appetit uh, article that they were featuring on the grid. And it was about vegan ranchers in the middle of Texas. And uh, I was like, wait, what's, what, huh? What are we talking about here? Um, And it's an article written by Allie Francis. And I'll be sure to uh, link it below so y'all can take a look at it. But here's, here's the story. Here's, here's the gist of it. Um, essentially, um, it's vegan ranchers who um, have, I guess it's a ranch slash uh, animal sanctuary called Rowdy Girl. Rowdy Girl Sanctuary. And um, it is uh, the stewards of it and the owners of it. Um, they live in Walder, Texas, and they're part of a big ranching community, okay, um, in a small town in Texas. And essentially, um, they did something really, really, really kind of crazy um, to do. Uh, so it's Renee King Sonnen and Tommy Sonnen. Sonnen? Sonnen, I think. Um, and essentially, uh, they were they were cattle ranchers and especially Tommy, apparently, who's had, like, ranching ancestry from, like, the 1800s, uh, made a big pivot where they were no more cattle ranchers. They have cattle, but they're not um, producing them for meat. Um, essentially, they have, like, a full animal ranch, except they've gone completely vegan. And it was really the story of that. Um, I don't want to give away too much about the article. But I thought I thought it was like, that's the kind of food story I want to read. Not because, I, listen, uh, famously so, I, I, I don't really agree with veganism as a diet. Um, you know, for, for health reasons or whatever, that's fine. But... Um, you know, I can get down with vegetarianism all day. I think everyone needs to be more on the omnivore track. You know, I think having a steak is good for the soul. I think I think a lot of things. But what I like reading is somebody's point of view, somebody's passion, right? I, I love that stuff. Even if I don't necessarily see eye to eye on that, I love seeing that. I love hearing stories about big swings um, and huge, you know, transitions that were hard to pivot to. I love those stories because I feel that's what resonates 
if you are, this is, this has been like a big, basically, I feel like this whole episode has been like for the creatives for real. But if you are, one of the hardest things to do is to listen to your intuition and decide that's, that's going to be how you're going to pivot. It's scary. It's difficult. Um, it alienates people. It might alienate your audience while you're gaining a new audience. I can't imagine being a rancher when my grandpapa was a cattle rancher from the 1800s or whatever, right? In a small Texas town and telling your business partners, telling your neighbors, telling everybody, hey, we're vegan. If you live in New York, if you live in California, if you live, if you don't live in Texas and you don't, I mean, you've never met a rancher, then this might seem pretty like, okay, whatever. I'm telling you, the shit is scary. And what they did is a big swing. There was a part of the article where it was like a quick sentence or two, which I think it was just sort of like noting what kind of backlash they were having. Apparently, there was like a Facebook page dedicated to the fact that they're scammers or things like that. I mean, this is why the internet is wild, right? You can be listening to yourself and you think in your head like, oh, I'm listening to my intuition. And out of nowhere, someone makes a Facebook page explaining why you're actually a scam. <laughs> and you're like, no, I'm just trying to save some animals. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just doing what my, my heart was telling me to do. And people are like, scams. Scammer. <laughs> Who knows? I, I don't know enough to know. But I will say... Um, I thought the article was well-written. I thought um, it really opened my eyes of like what's going on in my very big state of Texas. Um, and I thought, it was, I thought it was compelling for many reasons. And you know what? I don't, I don't give them a lot of credit, but I'm going to give credit when credit is due. Bon appetit. That's a great article. Congratulations. You did a great article. I loved it. No notes. Great. I want more of those kind of articles, less of like, here's how you should act as a consumer. And uh, let's dictate what restaurants should do. Less of that, more of these. Give me, give me some, some strange stories about how people are running ranches in Texas. Do it. Love it. Here for it. And that's everything. That's, that's the whole ball game, pretty much. I think we're I think we're closing out this podcast. As a reminder, y'all, um, this Sunday, this Sunday, we are finally doing the ritual, El Ritual. Okay, uh, it's my collaboration dinner with the amazing team at Veracruz, um, and we are taking over Veracruz Fonda um, Sunday evening. And we are throwing a four-course prefix party that is essentially like an incredible menu that spans from many flavors. Um, does a little Korg India. And y'all know how I feel about Korg. You know how much I love Korg. 
um, Korg India feature on that rib marinade. And um, we've got all kinds of amazing flavors. The chili Pekin salsa that the Veracruz team came up with, I think about it daily. It's so delicious. It's not on their regular menu and you can only have it on Sunday. We've got an incredible selection of mezcal, wine cocktails. I mean, uh, wine pairings. I'm so, so excited. So if you're trying to figure out, should I go to El Ritual or should I not go to El Ritual? Go to El Ritual and snag some tickets. Also in a couple weeks at the training kitchen when we're doing TTK, a.k.a. the Million Texan Kitchen, we are doing a... Diwali Thanksgiving menu. Uh, we're working on getting dias, um, different lamps, and we're putting out a really, really special menu. I am obsessed with it. And I'm starting to R&D it, and I'm really excited. It really is South Indian Thanksgiving all together. And um, y'all should come. And especially, especially for all the South Indians that are like, hey, Deepa, when are you having your next farm party? November 9th through the 11th, right before Diwali. Seriously, come put your sari, get the big zuddy sari out, okay? And make sure you wear farm-friendly shoes <laughs> and get out there and, and support. Support your local South Indian chef who also happens to be Texan, Okay. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Um, been just getting so many sweet messages about the new format of the podcast. And I really, really appreciate y'all sticking with it. And yeah, I'll talk to y'all next week. Goodbye. <laughs>